podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Hidden at the heart of nearly all spiritual and esoteric traditions lies the powerful teachings of the Mother Mantra. Its initiates have preserved its consciousness-expanding techniques for millennia. Originating in the ancient practice of shamanic yoga, this tradition allows us to perceive the full complexity of reality. It helps us see both the visible and the invisible, moving beyond the consciousness of duality that limits us to only the material world. Operating in this heightened state of non-ordinary consciousness, we can see beyond our subconscious programming and behavior patterns and understand our possibilities and powers. By removing all fear, it allows you to love yourself exactly as you are. In this spiritual and philosophical guide, initiate Celine Colony Williams shares the healing practices and spiritual exercises of the Mother Mantra tradition. She explains how these practices bypass the thinking mind to access our higher spiritual consciousness, allowing us to awaken to the dream nature of reality and release us from all fear. She details the exercises and practices of the four-part Mother Mantra, the first series which dissolves the constructs of the ego, the second which invokes ancient spirits and deities for their aid in this endeavor, the third where we experience a divine androgynous tantric union to transcend sexual identity and spiritually fuse with the divine and the fourth, where the first three rituals are combined to unlock an expanded state of consciousness and a true seeing of the complexity of both the visible and invisible worlds. The author also describes the practice of the Egyptian mantra, a soul-making ceremony that unites the initiate with the Chthonian realms and attracts wealth and abundance, and the mystical marriage mantra, which opens a path to authentic transformation and rebirth. Additionally, Williams presents five spiritual rituals, including yogic poses and exercises that can be incorporated into daily life to allow divine communication through the chakras, awaken the mind and body from the aging process, and re-establish the universal balance between humanity and the divine. Valeria Tellis interviews Celine Colony Williams. Celine Colony Williams, with a degree in psychology and master's in screenwriting, has authored several books and documentaries on psychology, 
deep ecology, shamanism, yoga, philosophy, and anthropology. A direct student of James Hillman, she studied and practiced Buddhist meditation in the hermitages of the forests of Sri Lanka and is an initiate of shamanic tantric yoga. She is the founder and director of the Imaginal Academy Institute in Switzerland. Here is the interview with Celine Coloni Williams. In your own words, who is Celine Coloni William? Oh, <laughs> I I like to define myself as a mystic. After many years of um, shamanic yoga practice, being a psychologist. Uh, and uh, having received a lot of benefits from uh, the practice of shamanic yoga, I decided indeed um, uh, to start using the healing practices and the spiritual exercises uh, known in the Mother Mantra tradition uh, with my patients. The Mother Mantra is uh, the core of um, shamanic yoga practice. And uh, I'm immediately received uh, positive uh, feedback. And so I decided to to found um, a school of shamanic yoga in Switzerland. The school is uh, for anyone. (laughs) And uh, from the beginning, among the students, uh, there have been many psychologists counselors, life coaches, uh, and many yoga teachers. And these teachers and therapists help, uh, helped to spread shamanic yoga all over Europe. Yes. Wow, that sounds wonderful. Thank you. I have a few warm-up questions before we talk about your book or some of the topics in your book, The Mother Mantra, The Ancient Shamanic Yoga of Non-Duality. My first warm-up question to you is, what is life? Oh, life is a soul image. You see, soul is a, is a calling. Soul is calling us to remember love. And um, the primeval order, the primeval harmony. And um, in order to uh, to call us, soul uh, um, soul draws images which are events. All our life is a great image drawn, uh, designed by our soul in order to call us back to the primeval order to to love, and in order to help us to melt our attachments and fears, our resistance is to love. Uh, this is why uh, the images uh, of our lives have um, within um, a poetic, a dramatic and strong emotional um, uh, force or energy because uh, uh, they are intended to help us to melt attachments and fears and resistance to love, you see. Yeah, yeah, it very much resonates, yes. What would you say is the opposite of life? 
envelope, the opposite of life is death. But death is uh, is within life. Life and death are simultaneously simultaneous, like um, yin and yang. Uh, they are together, and so we, we can't say. <laughs> opposite. We have to say maybe uh, the other face of the same reality. Life and death are two faces of the same reality, as in and young. Um, uh, we can say uh, they are in a state of non-duality. Uh, to be in a state of non-duality means to be two in one, distinct but not separate, distinct but not separate. Um, in reality, um, a non-dual state is um, is a trinity state because uh, the two elements, for instance, life and death, uh, visible and invisible, human and divine, the two elements um, continuously create something new, giving one to the other, because love is to give oneself to the other. And so the two elements of non-duality always give one to the other, and always they create something new. So in a non-dual state, always we have three elements, two lovers and their creation. So it is a trinity, and this is the uh, natural state in which everything in nature exists. A tree, a butterfly, an eagle. Only the present human being is outside from this state of consciousness. And that's why we have all this work <laughs> that we must do. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, right. and life is a great, a beautiful image of the soul uh, through which our soul is calling us back to the trinity, to the non-dual state of consciousness, which is uh, our lost paradise. <laughs> so I love that um, this idea, because we are using words uh, life, death, and love dancing. What is the meaning of freedom to you, Celine? Ah, freedom is our greatest goal. Because you see, everything is a consequence of freedom. Health is a consequence of freedom. Because health is the freedom to perceive yourself. Through your mind, you can demonstrate everything and the opposite of everything at the same time. So you can, for instance, um, uh, show that uh, a diet is uh, good and you can show that this diet, the same diet, is not good. Through your mind, you can demonstrate, you can show um, everything and the opposite of everything at the same time. But if you are free, if you are free, you can perceive your body, you can perceive your psyche without the filter of uh, um, Social, um, uh, social behaviors, social um, beliefs, um, and you can perceive yourself. Um, um, do you know what I mean? In a true, in a 
deeply and true way, true uh, way and deep way. Um, and this is freedom. So half is a consequence of freedom. Richness is a consequence of freedom because uh, true richness is abundance. It's not uh, mere possess. It's not just possessing, you see. Abundance is a... Abundance is a ability and possibility to be inspired, to be loved, uh, to, to be creative. And so abundance is a possibility to give, is not possess, is not to take, is to give. Truth is to give is ability to give and uh, freedom is ability to give freedom is love <laughs> because uh, um, because uh, love is a choice to give yourself is the choice to give yourself so freedom is love freedom is love freedom is health freedom is uh, richness um, freedom is our biggest goal, I think. Yeah, yes, yes, a thousand times. <laughs> um, at this time, what do you think is the world's greatest need? And what is your vision for a new reality? The greatest need of a present human being is uh, overcome fear. Yes, because of a present human being... Uh, has this problem, <laughs> um, you see, uh, relation, relationship with panic. Panic is a god, pan, the great pan. <laughs> it was a god. So I think that the present human being has um, uh, misunderstood uh, nature and freedom and wildness. And this is why the great god Pan <laughs> has made human beings victims. So individuals suffer from panic and they are victims, victims of events rather than being the, the creator of their lives. They are victims of events because they feel anxiety. Uh, and uh, and panic and fear. Uh, so we have to overcome fear, I think. And uh, the tool, the tool to overcome fear is faith. So we have to remember ourselves this power. It is the greatest power um, uh, with uh, with it. Uh, and with this power, we came here in this world. Every one of us came here with this power, faith. And this is the greatest power we have. We have to remember it. Um, um, you see, this word uh, makes us um, uh, always uh, in need. The present human being always uh, um, feels um, uh, to be in need of something. Even when... Um, even when we we eat, we we think that we have a, 
we are in need to eat. But it's not true. We are not in need to eat. We are here as um, we have. We are here to sacralize nature. We have to carry. We have to carry a life. Being it a carrot, an apple, we have to carry a life from one side to the other of the great threshold through visible to the invisible world consciously. This is our service. This is our mission. Sacralize nature consciously. So we have to, to accomplish this ritual, eating, <laughs> just to give something to nature, to accomplish a service, not to take, not just to take, not just to take something. And we have to understand that when we eat a carrot or an apple or a radish, it is the carrot, the apple, the radish that gives itself mm, yeah. to us. Wow. I'll be asking you questions in the moment about nature. And you talk about nature and beauty and good. So I'll be asking you these questions in a moment. I have a few more warm-up questions. And the next one is about spirituality. Do you see any difference between spirituality and religion? Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, religion is um, a belief. Uh, spirituality is um, a feeling, you see. Uh, for instance, uh, I talk about uh, faith. In religion, faith is faith in something. Uh, but uh, in spirituality, faith is uh, an energy, a force. It's not uh, faith in something, but is faith uh, dot, finish, just faith, a pure energy, a pure force. Because if you say faith and you add an object, then is a, you see, is a belief. <laughs> it's not faith. It's a belief. And uh, religion is a belief. Spirituality is a natural um, feeling. It's the feeling of love. Is the need to give yourself for love. That's a great answer. <laughs> So this is the end of the warm-up questions, and I'll be asking you questions related to your book and your work. What was the inspiration and intention of writing your book, The Mother Mantra? <laughs> uh, because uh, for my students, you see here in Switzerland, as I said, I have many students hundreds of students uh, uh, doing courses. Um, one day I, um, I perceived uh, the need to, to, give, to give them uh, something written. And so I wrote this book uh, for them. And I wrote it in Italian, of course. And then uh, Inner Traditions uh, bought the rights of this book and uh, 
they have translated it in in English, and now I sometimes I'm I I give courses in English as well or conferences. I I, I came in in the U.S. last year for a for give a lecture in in a conference in San Jose and in Seattle. And <laughs> you see, it's weird because English is not my language, as you can probably <laughs> easily understand. And um, so at the beginning, really, I said to myself, oh my God, it's not possible for me to give a <laughs> lecture in, <laughs> in English or courses in English. I can do it in Italian, in France. But English is, is so uh, it's so weird for me, but um, as soon as I tried, I felt uh, at ease, <laughs> and so I said, maybe I have to do it. <laughs> maybe it is a calling. Maybe I have to do it, and so I did it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that might go back to what you have been talking about a lot, giving. So just giving ourselves in every way without judgment, without questions, right? Oh, yes. If you, <laughs> if you receive a calling, the only possible answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> true. So true. And that's funny how a lot of times uh, there's a lot of resistance, like you said, too. And it has to do with fear. And that's why healing might be necessary. So my next question is about the reabsorption of reality. What does it mean and how is it connected to living this free and fulfilled life? Oh, yes. Uh, if you look at um, main uh, um, spiritualities, uh, uh, you can easily uh, see that um, uh, everyone uh, uh, consider this world as an image, a dream, a projection, an apparition. In Buddhism, everything is Maya, Chitta Maya, deceit of our consciousness. Uh, in Hinduism, uh, exists the same concept because in Linga Purana is written that uh, existence is a Shiva's dance and dancing Shiva awakens matter and makes of it pulsating waves. And this is poetry, but it's also science. It reminds us, in fact, the quantum physics in which matter is seen as a um, waves pulsating in the void. So, uh, you see, uh, if everything is an apparition, a dream, a projection, so our mind must deceive in us. <laughs> a lot, <laughs> a lot, because uh, <laughs> normally people um, see reality as permanent and objective, so reabsorption of reality is means taking every person, object, place, um, experience we have done or perceived in our life back 
to their original state, which is image, dream, projection. Reabsorption of reality or withdrawal of projections is a soul making, <laughs> bring everything back to their original state, image, dream, projections, you see. And this is done through Mother Mantra. Yeah, that's my next question. Talk to me about that. What's the tradition and how can we practice the Mother Mantra? Yes, the tradition of Mother Mantra is the core of a shamanic yoga path. And there are many spiritual exercises and healing practices known in this tradition, but um, everyone can easily um, understand and uh, um, learn. And um, through these um, healing uh, practices and spiritual exercises, uh, um, you can reach uh, the withdrawal of projection, so you can um, yeah, reawaken uh, the uh, ability to perceive everything as a dream, the state of dream as it's um, known in the Mother Mantra tradition, uh, the state of dream. And then you can reach the mystical marriage. <laughs> what the mystical marriage is, is the non-dual state of consciousness. When you um, understand, not through your mind, but through um, your entire psyche and your entire body that everything and everyone you are in relation with is the divine. The divine is only partner, only true relation that you can have in this life. Because the divine is within every person, is within every experience, is within every object you can experience in your life. Everything is the divine. And the, when you enter the mystical marriage, you realize that you have to go beyond mental judgment judgment, good and bad, uh, or uh, good and evil, right and wrong, and use your uh, power of inclusiveness, uh, because there is not, there is not such a thing like an evil or a bad experience, uh, and uh, such a thing like uh, a beautiful, a good experience. All experience are divine. All the experience are divine because all the experience are callings to love. Mm. You see? Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yes. So I guess this is the moment to talk about the, uh, the feminine and the masculine attributes, those energies. And you talk about this perfect balance between them, between the opposites. How do we understand these energies better and how do we integrate them? Uh, you see, uh, of, of course, love requires the number two. 
because you can't love if you are only the only one, you see. <laughs> right. <laughs> but is a, it is the two in one. It is the two in one because love is giving oneself to the other continuously. So uh, is, it is the two in one. And so feminine and masculine are the two elements of love, but they are the two in one. And uh, for instance, if, if uh, um, a woman want to find, wants to find uh, her soulmate, she has uh, first of all to develop uh, within herself the qualities and the abilities that she's looking um, she's looking for in 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 a man in a in a partner, and this implies develop the male that is within you. So only when we are uh, um, entire, when we are total, we can find the true soulmate that has uh, three components, three aspects. The soulmate is uh, our partner and is also our perfect job, the job that uh, realizes us perfectly in our life and is also our uh, um, right uh, uh, spiritual path. The spiritual path uh, fit fit for us. When we find these three things, our partner, our job, the job of our life, our creative job, and our spiritual path, then we have met our soulmate in the three aspects. And this is why we have developed within ourselves, all the mm, possibilities, all the abilities that we are looking for in, in the others, you see. Yeah. Yeah. And this is something that you teach through the shamanic yoga. Yes, yes, of course. I, I teach to women to... Uh, um, enhance their uh, feminine and uh, through this path join the masculine within themselves and awaken and remember the masculine energy within themselves and I did to men to enhance their uh, masculine energy and through this find at the end the feminine energy within themselves to be complete, to be full with themselves, you see. Talk to me about the concept of good. You speak in your book about good. So why do we create this concept of good, of something being good? Uh, you see, good is beauty. <laughs> In an ancestral tradition like uh, uh, tra tradition of shamanic yoga, 
uh, good is beauty because beauty is the ability to give themselves for love. If you look at nature, everything in nature is beautiful. Ugly doesn't exist in nature because in nature, everything gives itself continuously. If you look at a flower, a flower is beautiful because it's evanescent, it's impermanent. If you think at a plastic flower, which is not evanescent, it's not beautiful. It's not beautiful as a real flower. <laughs> so uh, the biggest component of beauty is evanescence, impermanence, because it's the ability to give, to give your, uh, yourself. Um, is love, you see. So beauty is love because it's the sacredness. The sacredness is the ability, the, the sacredness, the, the sacred is the ability to give oneself. And this is love and, and appears, it appears in this world as beauty. So good, good in ancestral tradition is beauty and it has it has not an opposite but in the human mind uh, human mind creates the opposite good bad right and wrong uh, to have a to have an impression to to be in control to have control and to have power upon nature you see because um for instance if you perceive a sensation in your neck uh, when you wake up in the morning, uh, immediately your mind starts to judge and to analyze. Oh, it's bad, it's pain. Uh, I slept in a wrong posture. Uh, I have to go to the um, physiotherapist, or I have to do that, I have to massage, I have to. To, to receive a message, I have to, to, to do some yoga, I have to, you see, your mind creates a lot of theories. Yeah, starting, true. <laughs> starting, starting from bad and good. Uh, uh, but if you wake up in the morning and you perceive something in your neck and you have the courage, you must be brave. You have the courage to not analyze not judge, just perceive, just feeling and breathe, breathe your sensation and, uh, and uh, make your sensation free from every definitions. Then what, what do you perceive? You perceive a pure energy, a pure fire energy vibration, a force in your neck. If you don't give any definition, it is just a force, a fire, a vibration. Oh, wow. And that's true. Uh, you know, every, every, every experience, if you don't judge, is a pure energy. And so when you, when, you, when you face the pure experience, when you face the pure energy, then you can talk to it and you can ask, please, please help me. Please 
Help me to see what I can't see. Please open my road. Please show me the way. Then you can start to think. You can start to judge. You can start to analyze. But you have another mind. You will judge. You will analyze with an overmind. With, with, with a mind which is in union with safe and love and so you have a super mind within yourself you have a super tool but human human beings have difficulties to do that because they experience fear and so they filter the experiences through their mind because they are um, frightened they can't face experiences directly. And Mother Mantra helps you. Mother Mantra, the, the spiritual practices of Mother Mantra tradition helps you to um, melt fear and do uh, the direct experience of uh, events. Without yeah, the uh, obstacle of fear. Right. Yeah, I had a, a question came to mind about the mind. You speak of the mind as this um, space. So, yeah, that's actually my question. What is the mind? Uh, you see, I tell you a story. Can I tell you a story? <laughs> yes, sure. <laughs> this is a well-known story because uh, it's the story of uh, uh, psyche and love. And uh, psyche was a beautiful girl. And she was loved by the uh, most beautiful god of uh, Olympus, uh, um, love, Eros. And uh, so she was very happy because love um, uh, loved her during the night. And during the spam of the day, um, he gave her everything, everything. Uh, she... Uh, she only uh, has uh, a thing she couldn't do, see him, see him, because love told her, I give you everything you want. I love you during the night, but you can't, you can't see me. You have to trust me. You can't see me. I love you during the night in the darkness and you can't see me. You see, this beautiful girl, Psyche, had everything but one thing, awareness. Clarity of vision, awareness. She... she she can have everything but not awareness this is why this is why she decided or love decided to separate to separate the couple and uh, this, this was done through the mind the mind is um, um psyche sisters Psyche's sisters one day told to Psyche, but are you sure that uh, uh, the one who loves you in the darkness is a god? How can, how can you 
be sure of that. Maybe he is a demon. You have to see. You have to see him. And so one night, Psyche switched on a light and she saw the most beautiful god of Olympus. And she realized her fortune. But at the same time, a drop of wax <laughs> uh, felt on uh, Love's body, and uh, he he walks up. He woke up, and um, he realized that the psyche has betrayed him, and he left her. So our mind is uh, that tool that separates us from from love. And we have to go beyond, we have to go beyond our mind in order to uh, find love again. And if we find love again, we find freedom and immortality. Because love wins death. And through love we can acquire not only freedom, but also immortality. We have absolutely to find love, <laughs> but we have to uh, go beyond our mind. We have to go beyond our mind in order to find love again. Mm. Yeah, which means trust. There's a lot of, like you, you use the word faith, right? Trust. Exactly, exactly, exactly. It means trust. Exactly. You also mentioned in your book a phrase, a very interesting phrase. You said, death is love. Of course, death is love. Because uh, until, until you don't know how to die and then be born again, you will remain an unhappy wanderer in a dark earth. You must absolutely to learn how to die and then be born again. And you can die in every moment of your life. For instance, when you feel a sensation in your neck, when you wake up in the morning and you feel a sensation in your neck, if you don't judge, if you don't analyze, if you don't say pain, uh, you just breathe and feel your sensation. You enter this, this sensation, your eye, your sense of eye, disappear because the sensation even a, a, a small a little sensation like a perception in your neck should be should be so strong to melt your sense of eye if you feel sad if you feel sad for instance Instead of judge, instead of tell yourself, oh, I am sad for this and for that. I have to do this and that to recover, uh, to overcome my sadness. Just stay there. Just stay in your sadness. Stay, stay in the present moment. Stay in your sadness with faith. Without fear, stay in your sadness until you die, until your, your 
sense of I die. And then, and then you ask to your sadness, please open my eyes, please allow me to see what I can't see. Please show me the way. And because the divine is within every event, is within every experience, you receive the answer. And the answer is not words. The answer is events and images and your life. Life starts changing around you. Your world starts start changing around you, you see. Because you receive, you receive an answer through events. Yeah, and that's such an important um, message or understanding for us because we tend to try to run from pain and to numb it, to reject our pain, our, our sufferings, <laughs> our, our, our problems are our greatest richness. Yeah, the greatest teachers for sure. Yeah, no doubt about that. If we, can, if we listen, if we do exactly as you said, which is beautifully said, if we just give ourselves to that moment, yeah, open up to understand what, what's the message, what's it's trying to tell us and take us. Um, and we already know where it's taken us to love. So, and that goes back to that trust. Yeah. Yes, because the secret, uh, the secret, Valeria, is to uh, melt the sense of I in order to go beyond our mind. So, um, so if you just give yourself to the experience, if you just give yourself to your present moment, you have not to uh, do any efforts, effortlessly, effortlessly. If you give yourself to the present moment spontaneously, you are carried beyond your mind, beyond your sense of I, and you, you find love, you find your lover, you find yourself in the mystical marriage effortlessly, effortlessly. Yeah, I have to take a deep breath. <laughs> it's true. Um, so it's interesting. I have a few questions, not too many at this point um, because of the time. But there's uh, something that you raise in the book. You talk about survival instinct, and that is different from fear, the fear of death. Uh, yes. Uh Survival instinct in nature is a, uh, an aspect of sacredness because uh, how can the ability to give oneself sacred if without survival instinct? <laughs> mm, yeah. yeah. But uh, the fear of death is just a human question. <laughs> Human beings have fear of death because they don't know what death is. You see, uh, they are uh, attached to the sense of I, which is an illusion. 
and so uh, they they have fear of death and um, if you die if you die through fear you you fall down into the unawareness and you forget but if you die without fear you can keep your inner eyes open you can cross the great threshold and stay aware and so you don't forget you never forget this is immortality the ability to remember the ability to be aware on this side and on the other side of the great tradition be aware in the great cycle visible invisible death life death life visible invisible visible invisible being always aware because valeria everything happens now everything happens right now (laughs) time is an illusion doesn't exist everything happens now and being aware means go deep down into the present moment without fear Wow. Yeah, that's such a um, challenging thing to do for most of us because we the mind's always dwelling in the past and future, <laughs> trying to uh, remember the experiences of this human life here that we have had and also projecting, trying to get somewhere to some sort of destination. This is a practice, Vaiselin. It's something that we have. Do you still practice staying within the present moment? Or this is something that you're so aware of? It's so deep within you now that you don't have to practice anymore. You see, Valeria, it's a decision. We have to choose power or love, control or sacredness, or give oneself, you see. When you choose time, when you choose the past and present, is because you choose power. You want to have control upon images, upon events, and so you want to build theories and analyze events in order to measure them, in order to prevent, in order to um, govern to lead um, events. But uh, if you choose uh, love, you give yourself. And so you can stay aware in the present moment because you have no fear. It's a decision. It's a decision. You have to choose love or power And so all, all, the, all the spiritual exercises, all the healing practices we can do are intended to enable you, to make you able to take this decision, to be aware, to open your eyes and to realize that you have to take this 
decision. And this decision is in every, every event of your life, in every breath, in every moment, you have to take this decision. You can't take this decision once for all, forever, once forever. You have to take this decision in every moment, every event, in every breath. So spiritual practices and exercises are useful to give you the awareness and the courage to take this decision in every moment of your life. Wow, I love that. I have to say that word love again. Um, yeah, yeah. That makes so much sense to, to the mind that is trying to, uh, to live, to be integrated. You call, that's interesting the way you call it, Overmind. 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 <laughs> I like to put overmind. And overmind is a, is a mind um, with a heart, with love and faith together. The ability to think, the ability to love, the ability to have faith, to trust, all together makes an overmind. An overmind. <laughs> Valeria, we really need to develop an overmind because only through this mind we can save nature, the wildlife and this planet. We can't, we can't save nature using the same tool through which we have destroyed it or by which we have destroyed it. We have to change the tool of the tool and the tool of the tool is our mind, our thinking method. So we have to change our thinking method. We have to do a revolution of consciousness in order to save our planet and ourselves. Yes. Uh, wow. Yeah. Yes, yes, and yes, Selena. Yes. Um, would you like to add anything before I ask you my final questions? I just want to say that... Uh, I I feel thankful uh, because you give uh, um, to, to to many people the opportunity to express uh, very spiritual uh, um, uh, feelings, uh, um, uh, spiritual. Uh, you see, spirituality is a huge tool for the present human being, and unfortunately. People who are spiritual don't have power in this society. People who know don't have power because they are interested only in searching for the truth. And people who have the power don't know. Yes, there is a knowledge of the power, but it's a technical knowledge, it's a strategical knowledge, it's not a true knowledge. In a desacralized, in a desacralized society, as the present one, people who know don't have power, and people who have power don't know. <laughs> true. So we have so to true. overcome, we have absolutely to overcome this uh, problem, this issue. Yes, 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 I agree. 
people, people who knows, people who knows have to, to try to, to do something, have to try to, to inspire others and to do something um, in order to change things, in order to do, to, to, to activate uh, the um, revolution of consciousness in name of, of the soul, in name of the nature, you see. You have to be rebels. But because rebellion, yes, of course, rebellion is, a, is an aspect of love. And that's true. It's one of the things that I talk about a lot and the question I raise is about unconditional self-love because I think that it can revolutionize everything. Once you have that within you, then you go for it. You have the confidence of the, the overmind that you call it. Yes, we have to pay attention. Meditation as not to become uh, opium. <laughs> uh, opium, you see, uh, opium of uh, consumerism, opium of capitalism. Uh, we have not to use uh, meditation and spiritual path as um, tools uh, to um, sleep better, but awaken ourselves, you see. <laughs> Thank you so much for this conversation. Thank you for your wisdom and your presence. Uh, it was very much felt here. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me, Valeria. It was a pleasure. Where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? On my website, selenecalloniwilliams.com or a simply scw.academy, my website, on my YouTube uh, channel, on my Facebook page, always Selena Caloni Williams, <laughs> on my Instagram, uh, you can find a lot of information uh, in English as well, a lot of videos, uh, and uh, if you subscribe, then... Um, free membership through my website. Uh, you can receive a lot of uh, uh, meditations uh, and videos uh, in English as well, uh, for free, of course, because here in Switzerland we do a lot <laughs> for free because uh, we, we think that um, we have really to help the spiritual revolution to succeed. Thank you so much again, Celine, and we'll talk soon. Thank you, Valeria. Thank Thank you. You. Bye for now. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Celine Colony Williams, please visit her website, selenecolonywilliams.com slash en. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. I want to thank the Patreon members, Lawrence McGrath, Mark Basden, Terry Clayton, and Aidan Vickrock. Thank you again for listening, and bye for now.